because I remember the first time Tony told me that he loved me, I couldn't say it. <laughs> I was like, well, that went well. <laughs> I guess I was better at the kiss, I said, because the love part didn't go too well. <laughs> the great thing about Cindy and I, when we'd start something, it's like an assembly line. Together, it's like we're one entity, and then all of a sudden, here's this great creation we just did. You know what we call that? Synergy. There you go. <laughs> Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple of celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue we can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Cindy and Tony. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today, guys. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, what do you think of the pub? I love it. It's a pub, definitely. It is definitely a pub. You know, know, with COVID and all that stuff, it's been very difficult to have people over in person. Yeah, we've done a lot of Zoom. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of Zoom interviews, and you guys are, we are fortunate to have you guys come over here in person and and do this interview. We love doing the interviews in person. Mm -hmm. Just Zoom, you know, it just loses something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, before we get into your story, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? How old are you and what do you do for a living? Well, I'm just turned 57 and I work in an office right now. I sell high-end promotional products and um, I've actually been selling promotional products for probably the last 10 or 12 years, but uh, I went to inside sales from outside sales more or less to not have to work 24-7. It's tiring sitting on my butt all day, but um, I, I like the advantages, so. Nice. Yeah. Myself, I'm a self-employed plumbing contractor. Uh, I've been doing plumbing over 30 years now. I enjoy it. It's good to, you always come into a situation where people are in the worst possible point they could be in their life when water's pouring through their ceiling <laughs> and it's kind of nice to be there and get their life back in order and help them out give them hot water and stuff like that so it's something i really really enjoy it um and that's all i've really ever done my whole life we should have given you a call the other day we yeah. replaced our sub pump <laughs> yep, get a lot of those right <laughs> can you guys tell us the story of how you met um, well, we met through an, a mutual friend, and we were friends for 
probably a good, about two years before we started dating. And when we started dating, and I have to tell the story and Tony says it in a different way, but I, I think it's hilarious. Um, he had gone through a pretty bad breakup and, and I was kind of just dating a bunch of different people at different times because I wasn't happy finding anybody. And um, he, we were just meeting up at this one little place close to my house called Rep's Place and just meeting up for dinner and just talking like, you know, once or twice a week. Um, And, you know, I would check in on him and he'd call and check in on me. And we were just, we became close friends then and just kind of leaned on each other a lot. And then... One day, clear out of the blue, we're sitting there eating dinner, and I noticed he kept turning his truck on. It was cold out. And, uh, and I'm thinking, why are, are you leaving or something? Are you leaving? Because you keep starting your truck, you know? And, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. So we go to leave, and he always made sure I got in my car and sent me on my way, and then he would leave. Um, and he said, hold on one second. And he runs to his car, and he comes back, and he's got a bottle of wine and flowers, and he leans in, the, and I'm in the driver's side, and he leans in the passenger side, and he said, this is why I had to keep the car running, because I was afraid the flowers were going to die. Wow. And, uh, and then he leaned in, and he kissed me. And I, I never thought of Tony like that, because he had been in a relationship, and I was in, not in a good place, and so I never, I just saw him as a friend. And I remember he went home, and I went home, and I texted him, and I said, so what is, what, what happened? What, what, what is this? And he said, I, I don't know, but, and then we just started talking and then we started dating and here we are. And this is why men and women can't be friends. Right. Exactly. And that, I agree a hundred percent. You can't have a male yeah. friend when yeah. you're in a relationship. He, because did, he it, didn't know what happened. He no, had a bottle yeah. of wine and some flowers. I, I did not. And actually, actually her armrest was so armor rolled, actually slipped onto her lips. That's what he says. And that's what really happened. And yeah. she took it the wrong way. I slipped. And then, or, or he told a couple people that he had, that I grabbed him and kissed him. And yeah, that's what it was. There's, multiple <laughs> stories yeah. on this. Yes, yeah. yes, there is. No, when we would meet and stuff, Cindy would always say, you're such a great guy. There's going to be a wonderful woman out there for you. And over the time of just meeting up with Cindy and stuff, and you start analyzing the stuff when you get home on your own time, and you're seeing what's sitting across from you and is telling you what you are, and you haven't heard that, and you kind of start getting different feelings and I wasn't good at telling my feelings that way. I'm not a great communicator to begin with. So it was my one shot. I figured go for it all. Or... <laughs> did, did you think you were like in the friend zone? Is that what you were? No, I, I knew I, I felt that we were going somewhere, another direction. Um, the friend stuff was starting to go away. And it was starting to become where I saw her. I felt just wonderful being with her and around her. And she kept telling me there's just going to be a one a lucky woman out there one day, you know, and she would say that over and over again. And it was like, like I said, you go home and analyze it and you're like, well, she, I think this is the woman. And she was, <laughs> I mean, definitely, you know, so, and, but Cindy has always been friend first and, you know, she's not, aggressive that way and so someone had to be aggressive 
And it, it was uh <laughs> it was like a situation where you couldn't just like talk about it. To, I just felt you had to just go all in. How and, long did you have those feelings before you acted on them? Um, probably a week before I did the flowers and the wine, I started because I, I would notice myself, catch myself being excited to go see Cindy for dinner and to talk, you know, and, and it wasn't just like your friends when you're going to get together with your friends. It was a different feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did you tell him there was always going to be some wonderful, lucky woman out there? Because he was at that time pretty down on himself from the relationship that he had just come out of who had really, and I had been there myself with, with my previous relationship um, for seven years. And it took me seven years to get out of it. And, and I, I knew exactly how he was feeling, but I, because I knew her too, I saw how wonderful he was to her no matter how horribly she treated him, I saw it. And I thought, she's crazy. You know, she's crazy. And, but I, I never said anything then. That wasn't my place. It wasn't my business. It wasn't, um, but I just saw how, how great, I mean, the things that he did that I've never saw a man in my life, you know, with, you know, the previous 10 years do, for me. So I just thought, you know, don't be so, you know, he, what's wrong. He kept saying, what's wrong with me. And, you know, I'm, you know, why, why can't I just find a good person? And, and I just want to be happy. And, and I, I hated to see him so down because if he could see himself the way I saw him for the previous two years, I mean, so I was just trying to build up his confidence and let him know that, You've got so many good qualities, you know, and I didn't know him as, you know, I had not, hadn't been intimate with him or anything, so I didn't know him in, in that way, but I saw the way he treated someone else that he was in a relationship with, and I would take it. <laughs> that's, that's what I was trying to say. You know, you're such a good man. I mean, at least from what I saw, I didn't see anything behind closed doors, but from what I saw on the outside... Um, and it wasn't even things that I saw. It was things that I saw that were posted on social media or things that that person talked about, about all the wonderful things he did. I mean, those are the things that I saw. And I kept saying to him, what happened wasn't your fault. What happened wasn't because you did something wrong. You did everything right. You are, you're an amazing man. You're, you're everything you do. And the things that you do for other people. Um, so all know. during all during this time, when you guys are hanging out at Rep's place, <clears throat> which, by the way, has great burgers. We got engaged we love there, Rep's too. Place. Oh, did you? Wow. <laughs> oh, we'll get okay. into that. And Rep's place is not paying us for this uh, plug. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should make them. <laughs> so um, while you guys are hanging out here, and you're telling them all this stuff, did you have feelings for him? I, I started to, like, uh, I did start to, but I didn't think that he did. So I wasn't going to be an aggressor like that. Oh. I just wasn't, I, 
I felt, and I also felt like it was too soon because he had just come out of a very, and I, even though I knew that what was happening in his relationship was coming to an end, it had been for a few months, I knew because I talked to some other people and knew what was going on. Um, and even though he never could admit it, he, I knew he struggled for several months before it actually ended. But he, it was still fresh. It was new. And I just felt like maybe he just needs some time to himself. And, you know, but in due time, the right woman is going to come along and you deserve that. And it's going to happen. Just, you know, be patient. And, um, and I did. And, and I mean, when he kissed me, I obviously didn't turn away. <laughs> I didn't say, Oh no, what do you know? <laughs> I kissed him right back. So, I, I did have some feelings, but I, I, if he wouldn't have done anything, I, I wouldn't have acted on him just because of the situation. And I didn't want, he was still trying to deal with his emotions of what had just happened and what he had gone through. So I didn't want to cloud him and his healing process. Yeah, we did an episode on why men and women can't be friends because you put deposits into that account. And sooner or later, it flips. It, it yeah. gets high enough, mm -hmm. the, all those deposits, and then it, it shifts. Yeah. So perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happens from there? How long ago was that? Um, two and a half years mm -hmm. ago. Two mm -hmm. and a half. January 23rd was the day that he kissed me. <laughs> what, what year? 2019. Mm -hmm. 2019. Okay. And what happens from there? Um, well, then we decided let's get together and go on a date because I guess we never saw what we were doing as dating, you know, and, and we had already known each other. We knew what each other did. We knew a lot about each other, but we had never like talked really in depth and we had gotten really in depth as friends about a lot of things. Um, and we started dating and it, we became really close really quick because we talked about things. I told him things that I haven't told. There's, I haven't told another man and he's told me things that he hasn't told other people ever. And, you know, so we just really connected and, and then we just started dating. Um, and then we, we started having some, we had some problems, you know, just some things were happening in our relationship that we just weren't clicking. Um, and I think a lot of it what was happening is for me, it was moving really fast and I was really scared and I was hanging on to what had happened when I was in that relationship for seven years. And I invested so much of myself, my time, my heart, my money, and I was thrown to the side and made to feel like I was this big and I was nothing. And he was kind of going through the same thing. You know, he lost himself he lost money, he lost um, time, and, you know, for 
a, a year and a half, he was in a very, in a relationship just like the one that I was in for seven years, that it was it draining and it kind of started to catch up to us. And we both, um, we were kind of like, just not really, I don't even know really how to explain it, but, um, you didn't have a pathway through it. We, we weren't, we were struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, I still had my condo, but I was staying at the house a lot. And then he had said he wanted me to move in. Um, I want to say it was like June or July of that year. So I slowly started to move my stuff in and stay there, but I didn't let go of my condo. Um, and my son, who was like 20 years old at the time or whatever, um, you know, he, he, he was okay with it because, you know, he just had his girlfriend come over and stay for the weekend when I was gone or whatever. And, um, and then it just, it kind of just started to fade off and get worse. And then I quit staying as much and I kind of started moving my stuff back out. Um, and then towards the end of that year, we just, we were arguing a lot and it, and then that following, I think it was February or something like that. Um, I kind of just said, I, I need, I need some time. And I kind of broke up with them and I didn't talk, I wouldn't talk to him for like two or three weeks. And at first I think he thought, Oh, we're just kind of taking a little break. And then, and then he kind of, and now let him take it from here because then he said something, me being gone and the reality of me really being gone changed everything. So you guys initially came together, bonded, mm -hmm by the common experiences you both had gone through in your previous relationships. Mm -hmm. And then what you guys ran into is something we call emotional echoes. Mm -hmm. And these, these echoes from these past relationships, they come into the present relationship and you guys didn't have a template on how to handle that. Right. Okay. What's your sense? Well, <clears throat> mine is more communication. Cindy's, really good at that and talking and speaking and voicing her opinion and stuff like that where I'm not I'm more of the put it on the back burner I'll get to it uh, the troubleshooter guy you know it just at the last minute comes through if the house isn't flooding there's no reason to look at the plumbing <laughs> exactly wait till you, you need a new pump before you need a new pump right <laughs> well we didn't need a new pump we actually put it in uh, as a precursor. Well, well it did well, burn we out. It yeah, out. You know, it yeah. did burn out. Yeah. Right, right. Let's, right, let's, exactly. not, let's no, just scratch that. Okay. <laughs> but, right. So my lack of communication and being upfront and a lot of things I didn't talk about and it, you don't look at it as you told a... Uh, I didn't see it as you told a lie. I seen it as I just didn't talk about it. Um, a lot of times when it's something bad in my life, I let it go. It's just from past experience and what I did before it being a plumber, I just, you let things go. You erase it from your mind and move forward. Um, cause if you didn't hurt nobody in your own mind, I guess, and that's how it was. And it just accumulated and it hurt Cindy, you know, and I realized that. And, uh, it took the, when she was gone and then COVID hit obviously, and then you couldn't do anything, <laughs> you know? So I really felt, I hit home and what I really enjoyed about her and I missed her. It was just plain and simple. It, you, you re, a lot of regrets, um, wish I was more upfront, stuff like that. 
but I didn't give up. And she, there was a lot of points of it where she was like, no, no, no. And I wasn't, no was not the answer. And because they knew we had so much because at the beginning, everything was so great. And then all the past hit us all at once. But it, it, I felt that that could be overcome because present today and tomorrow is what it's all about. I mean, the past is gone. Um, we have to move forward. And, you know, and I wanted to be with Cindy and I really fought hard to get her back. And she did. You know, that's a really common experience. Only you guys did it in a year instead of 20, which is really typical, you know, when a couple gets together and then they're busy buying houses and their careers and kids. And then they get to 20 years and one of them's like, I'm done. It's usually the woman. And the guy's like, I didn't even know we were having a problem. <laughs> and then they are like, oh, don't leave me. I'll work on it now. And it's really, we hear that a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, relationships are developmental and in the beginning of a relationship is very easy. And then you get into the hard work, right? And you guys, it seemed like it happened very quickly, where mm -hmm. you moved from things were easy to now it's the hard work. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the lessons that you've learned from past relationships that the two of you are working through now? Hmm. Um. Well, I've, I've learned, and I learned this actually because after my past relationship that I was in that was very, um, it was a very difficult relationship, um, and I stayed because I really believed that something was wrong with me and that it wasn't him. And then... Of course, my wonderful Betsy <laughs> said, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to do this. <laughs> um, and she talked to me into going back to counseling and I did, and I got stronger by the day. And the one thing that I learned is that if I need, if I don't feel like I'm, like I'm able to be myself, that I need to go back to counseling, that I need to speak up, that I need to make myself heard, that I can't shut down, that I can't, because it, because for me, I'll shut down, but it'll build. And then when it builds, it, I explode and it's not pretty. And, um, Tony and I have learned together um, and it doesn't always happen right away. It's baby steps for us. Um, but we, we've learned that, you know, because we have so much in common, but we have so many things that are different about us, but we we're learning, you know, when we first got together, we didn't realize that we're like, he's here and I'm here. I mean, you know, I'm very planning and organizing and do, do, do now, now and impatient. And he's like winging it. And, but he always comes through, but like he says, but it's on his time when he's ready. And I'm sitting there going, no way, you know? And so it's, it's a, it's a process for us. And we've learned to try to meet each other and we're getting closer and closer to that point where, um, and we know everything's not always going to be perfect, but we're getting to that point. But for me, I just need 
what I learned from my previous relationships is that I need to make sure that I, I not only listen, but I need to be heard because, and that may sound selfish, but I, I, I need to, and I feel like, because I know for a fact that Tony wasn't heard, I need to try to listen to him because I've been in his place. So I, that's, was a benefit that I took from that relationship in my relationship with Tony, because if, if I hadn't been in that place, I wouldn't understand him, but I've been there. So I understand some of the things that he, that he's feeling and he goes through. Now, the way he may communicate them to me, I don't necessarily like sometimes. Um, and sometimes I, I want to, I, I want to elaborate. I don't want to just say, you know, if I say, okay, well, I'm having a problem with this, he'll say, okay, well, I'll work on it. No, no, no. I want to talk about it more. I want to, <laughs> because I was never able to do that. I was always told to just be quiet. You talk too much, you know, what are you stupid or something, you know, and every, nothing I did was good enough. And, and I don't ever want to be in that place again. So it's, but I know Tony's not that person because he doesn't talk to me like that. He doesn't treat me like that. He's never called me stupid. He's never stood up and pointed his finger at me and he's never done those things to me. So he's not that person, but sometimes when he doesn't listen to me like I want him to listen, I feel like he's not hearing me. And I want him to hear me because I wasn't heard before. So that's what I got out of my past relationship. Which is huge. Yeah. Huge. What about you, Tony? My thing was to not so much be who somebody else wants me to be. That's what I learned. A big lesson on that. Um, because you could do all that and have all the pretty things and nice things and be miserable. And my ex-previous life was like that. Had everything, everything paid for, but miserable. You know, because you're being somebody that you're not because you're trying to make that person happy in their way, not in a way of togetherness. And with Cindy, it's, I can... I've taken all that, and like she says, sometimes it's hard, but I've, I'm not like that no more. Where now I've got to be happy because if I'm not happy, I can't make Cindy happy. And I learned that I have to get myself happy to keep her happy. And because it, it drains on her, if I'm down, it affects her. And you never realize it for it. And it took time and years to realize that you have to be up, and that's part of being the man too of the house you have to keep the the rhythm going um the good feelings the good vibes and say this is what i like to do and i know what cindy likes to do and like she said we do a lot together because we both are on the same page of what we do but when the the great thing about cindy and i when we start something it's like an assembly line i've never seen anything like it in my life with employees that i've had or people i've worked with together it's like we're one one entity. It's like we can we already know what the other one's gonna we have no plan, but Cindy'll take over and I'll take over and we'll you know, come together and give a hug and a kiss and then go back and, and then all of a sudden here's this great creation we just did. And it's remarkable. It's just 
It's like it was meant to be. He's talking like our backyard and working in the house, well, every, or even going camping. Everything. You know, mm-hmm. he's outside looking up, and yeah. and I'm inside cleaning up and doing this, and and we we do work. I've never had, you know, and I was married for 18 years, you know, my first marriage, and um, I've never had a relationship like that either, where we know what the other one's thinking, we know what, you know, what the other one's doing, and we know what the final plan is, you know, like, you know, today, for instance, he, we had a project that we're going to build something for a gift for somebody, and we went to the store, bought the supplies, um, and I wanted to get some stuff in, done inside the house and he's outside working and I went inside and I started my stuff. He came out and asked if I could help draw. I went out there. Um, then I went in the house and I finished up more stuff. And while he was working, I looked at the clock. I threw a pizza in the oven. I went outside and said, there's some pizza. Let's go grab something to eat outside. We go, we sit outside for a couple of minutes. We have a, um, you know, a wine cooler and eat some pizza. And then he goes back out. I go back in and it's like, we are so in sync with getting stuff done, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but we work together. There's no, these are your things and these are my things. If I'm busy, um, in the kitchen and the dogs need to be fed, he'll come and feed the dogs. Um, if I'm, you know, I make breakfast on a Saturday morning and we're getting ready to go for a ride, usually after I make breakfast, I'll do the dishes. But if I'm, I need to get in the shower first to get ready because it's going to take me a little longer, he does the dishes. And I don't have to ask. And he doesn't ask. We just do. If something needs to be done and the other person's busy, we do it. You know what we call that? Synergy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is pretty awesome, I think, because Absolutely. I've never been like that yeah. in my life with somebody. Have you? Are you guys surprised at yourselves for how quick in that relationship you stayed true to yourself and didn't give yourself away like you had in past relationships? Um, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised only because. It had been a couple of years since I had been in that really bad relationship for seven years. Um, and for that two years, I, I dated a lot of people. But I was like, I'd go out on a date, and if I felt like there was one little, that's it. I'm moving on. And people would say, that's a lot of guys. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm just not going to settle. And until I find that person that I know I'm going to be able to click with, I'm too old. I'm too old to, to be abused like that again. I won't ever put myself in that situation again, ever. I won't. And there's been times even with Tony where if we had a problem, my first thing for those two years was to run. If, if I was a first date or dating somebody for a month or three months, if it wasn't working, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm just gone. And it was easy. And I did. And it, I didn't care. And a couple of times in the beginning, I, when things had started going bad that end of that year, um, I, I tried to run a couple of times because I wasn't seeing any of the good in our relationship. And there was much more good than bad. I just, I would get a feeling and I'd put up a red flag and say, I'm out. There's no, you know, and Tony would come through even if didn't matter who was making the mistake. He would come through one way or another 
and make amends and we would fix it and we'd work on it and it would get better. And those same things didn't continue to happen. Um, but I had a wall up for quite a bit of time there. Yeah, I was going to say, like, after 18 years of a relationship and then seven years in a relationship, it would be understandable to be pretty jaded, yeah. you know, and it sounds like you were able to, or the two of you were able to break through that jadedness, right, and the pattern that the two of you have been used to in the past. Well, my first marriage for 18 years, though, ended because of a family trauma, and I thought, and I still believe that it was a good marriage until that happened. And once that happened for three years, I still tried and wanted it to work and with counseling and everything else. And he kind of was in denial of what had happened in our family and didn't want to deal with it. So he didn't, he stopped going to counseling. He stopped participating in the healing process of our marriage. And that's when I left. Um, so I, I don't, I don't view that as a bad relationship. I view it as a, someone who couldn't handle what had happened. And me, I was in a different place. I felt like it was my position as the mom and the family to fix this. And I just went into that mom mode and I, I didn't, and I did set my husband and my relationship to the side to focus on my family and my children and the, the trauma. And so for me, I may have made a mistake in not still being a partner, but I went into protection mode. Um, but I had felt that through counseling, maybe he and I could have worked that out, but he just, he was in denial and couldn't participate. So it, he went in another direction and did some things that I just couldn't excuse after three years. Yeah. The law of attraction is like attracts like, and if one of you starts to grow and the other one doesn't. It just puts a lot of stress yeah. and distance on the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a similar experience for, for you, Tony? Uh, mine was uh, more, we, we really didn't, the last four or five years of our marriage, we were brother and sister. We were business partners, you know, and slept in different rooms. And, you know, and it was like work, you came home at the end of the day and work never stopped, you know, because I ran the plumbing end of it and all the carpenter crews, electricians and stuff like that. She was a designer and yeah, it just got wearing and wearing and wearing. But like I said, we had great, we had an empire, but it was like, but there was no, there was no love there at all. You know, and there was no marriage, no marriage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like being brother and sister pretty much or business partners. And it just got, and I approached and, and said, and explained it to her one time and broke down and, and it didn't do any good. But, and that's when I said, you know, that's when I obviously broke away. But, um, the whole thing though has taught me to where you gotta, you have to contribute in so many ways in a marriage, 
Um, just like you said, you know, guys are always like, I thought everything was fine, you know. <laughs> and you're right, you know, because we're blind and just you go with the everyday thing. And it's just it's just like Groundhog Day. You know, you just live the day and just go through it and everything's fine. But I realized, no, it's not how it works. Um, and, you know, with Cindy, it's because she's been through all that. She's been a big help to me and uh, making me, I wouldn't say I wasn't a man before, but making me a real good man, this woman has done that. And and I, just the good qualities that she has and the patience she had with me and the acceptance of, okay, Tony, let's get this right this time. And we are, and we've done it, and we're going to keep doing it. And I understand it's not just me. I have to look out for my wife and her feelings. Um, my background from when I started with service, it's there is no feelings. It's you know, it's just <laughs> it's hard to explain. Yeah. You know, and so many times you heard the word "f your feelings." There's no such thing. Okay, and it's stuck in you forever, and it's hard to understand it people do have feelings and some everybody feels things differently and I understand that and I really am and I will work tremendously for this woman and do whatever I have to do because she has lifted my spirits my soul um, and I feel wonderful around her all the time even though sometimes she may not think so because <laughs> I may look like I'm angry or upset and then she'll be like, what's with the voice, you know, and it's nothing, you know, we have bad days at work and stuff like that. And I try not to bring work home. Cindy likes to talk to me about work and stuff and like that. And I was never like that because the relationship was all about what the work and the scheduling and mm -hmm. this and this and that. So sometimes I get a, a little snap a little bit. At Cindy, and she only she only wants to know how my day. It, I realize that she wants to know if her husband had a good day. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about: is things going your way. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing that it's not. She's not trying to control anything, um, and that's what the part that used to be like. And I have to understand that that's not what this is. But you see those signs, and you start wanting, thinking right away. But it's not. It's a totally different person. Um, and that's what I always got to keep in my head, that this is a different person. And this is the person I fell in love with for that reason. But it's getting better. It takes time for me to process stuff like that. But when I do, like Cindy said, I, I follow through. And, you know, but I'm, yeah, she's a wonderful woman. I can't say enough about her. So. When we broke up for the three to four weeks, <clears throat> he put up a fence in the backyard. He built me a potting bench. He put in a little pathway. I'm thinking I might leave for three weeks again or something. I don't know. I mean, he did so much. <laughs> uh, it was just to show her, I, this is for real, Cindy. And like she said, you're in your 50s. It's a different time in your life. You, you, already, you know what you don't want to deal with. You know what you want. Um, you don't want to play the game. You just and I said I just want to live a good life and be happy, and I I know every day can be happy, but you know let's do our best to make it that way. What What were you guys taught about relationships from your caregivers? Well, mine's quick and easy. 
My, I'm the oldest of uh, five kids. My birth mother um, left my father. She had me when she was 17, and there were five of us within six years. She left my dad when I was seven and said, you can have the house and the cars and everything, just take the kids. And where are you in the birth order? I'm the oldest. Oldest. Um, and my youngest brother was one when she left. And um, about, I don't know, uh, I don't know how long it was, maybe a year after she left, my dad met a woman, a waitress. He was a truck driver at a truck stop, and he married her three weeks later. And he says the joke was, um, he said, uh, I gave her a $100 tip and said, you know, I've got five kids at home and I really need a babysitter. Will you marry me? Well, they got married. And she wow. quit waitressing and she stayed and she had a son that was one years old and she stayed home and she took care of us. And that woman raised us and loved us like we were her own. So my birth mother, I saw nothing but bad things with her until she died when I was 26. I tried my whole life to have a relationship with her and every attempt was fatal. Um, and but my stepmother and my father, I never heard them fight. They had to have fought, but I never saw them fight. Never heard them fight. They always held hands. They always, um, my dad would come home from work, and of course, we're all happy to see him, and the dog wants to see him, and he'd ignore us all and say, hold on, hold on, and he'd go straight to my mother, and he'd give her a kiss and tell her he loved her. He always told her he loved her before he left the house. They had no money. But we had a good life. And that's what I was taught. And that's what I always wanted. And I swore I'd never be like my birth mom. And like my first son I had out of wedlock. And I didn't even think I wanted kids. <laughs> I didn't expect him. He was a surprise. Not a mistake, a surprise. And um, I decided to have him. And I swore I would never leave my kids and be like that. Um, so I think I had a really, really good upbringing, even though it started out the way it did. And when you're here, Tony's, it's almost the same thing. It's so weird. How old were you when your mom left? Seven. You were seven. Yeah. Well, wait till he tells you his. <laughs> it's so weird how similar. Yeah. Mine was, uh, my mom and dad, obviously, they got married, um, and I think... Three months, they were married three months, and then she got pregnant, and then I was born. And uh, a year later, she left me on the front porch of my grandparents' house, and I never met her. You never met your birth mom? No. And, uh, <clears throat> which was, I because I never met her, it, I didn't really know much, because my grandparents were, my grandmother called mom and my grandfather called pa because my dad was still in my life kind of <clears throat> in and out my dad was married three times and he moved all over the place and the the best thing was my grandparents taking me and they told my dad i remember i was probably about five or six and i remember my dad said dad i got my life together you know let me take anthony and he said to him he goes no you got a wife with two daughters that you treat better than your own son. 
And he said, and you're moving around too much. He's got a community, a schooling system. He's staying here with us. And I remember just sitting there, and I didn't say anything. I'm too young to even know what's going on. That was my home anyway. That was the best day of my life. So, but he, uh, my grandfather was, <clears throat> he was a, a, a real man figure. He was a tremendous man. He was a hard worker, raised me good. Um, he was a Marine, tough guy, toughest man I ever met in my life. And not a bragger. Um, we, we didn't have nothing either, had no money and stuff like that. But he taught me a good worth ethic and how to be a man. Um, followed his footsteps. I, he died when I was 17, um, but he, I followed everything he did. And to this day, I think I'm, he would be proud. And But <clears throat> my dad died in 2005. We started the last 12 years of his life, got close. You know, because I was successful, and um, I think it brought him closer to me because, well, he was all, like I said, he was in his third marriage, and he moved around a lot, and he liked to fish, and I had a boat, and we'd go with my uncles, do fishing and stuff like that, so we became closer. But in, it took my dad till the day I had to go and tell him he had two weeks to live because he had pancreatic cancer, and uh, he finally said, I'm proud of you. Wow. And and that was tough, you know. Yeah. It, it took death for him, to, for him to do that. My dad was tough too. I mean, he was he was in the military as well, so it was all tough guys. But my grandfather was my biggest inspiration, being because when we had his wake, it was for two days, and the line was out the door for two days, and I was like, oh my god, and he never talked about anything like what he did, but all these people that came up to me. If you ever need anything in life, your grandfather helped my family. I mean, it was everybody. And I was just amazed at this man, what he did and the legacy he left and never knew anything about it. He never was a bragger. He just helped people. And that's why we had nothing. <laughs> but it, I understood. <laughs> but it made, me, <laughs> it made me like that. And that's, I did the same thing my whole life and helped people and you, you, sometimes it was for good, and sometimes you, you you got the bad end of the stick of it. But I always, my grandfather always, he did teach me enough up to 17 to get me through life. And thank God for that decision they made to keep me. And, I mean, I couldn't thank God more, you know. And I always, whenever my grandmother was introduced, they would always introduce her as... This is the grandmother of Anthony, not only the grandmother, but also the mother. And, you know, it was always because she was just a fabulous woman. Tremendous. It, it sounds like you guys had some really significant role models growing up. Mm -hmm. And then you both share that same piece of your mothers not being there for you, mm -hmm. right? Your biological mothers. And, and that obviously was something that bonded you both together that similarity yeah mm -hmm. i agree yeah so so it, it's all those i guess the past stuff that made our strength to where it is today and i i think that's why cindy accepts me so much is because she's been on that side of the fence and it's just much easier and that's i guess what god's plan was to bring two people together that experience so much i mean 
I know he only hopes those who help themselves. And I, I think we did our deed at the time to finally meet one another and have a good life. How, how did you guys know you were each other's person? I don't think I knew in the beginning. Because I remember the first time Tony told me that he loved me, I couldn't say it. <laughs> no, I remember that too. <laughs> I was like, well, that went well. <laughs> I guess I was better at the kiss, I said, because the love part didn't go too well. <laughs> I was, I, it's not that I didn't, it's not that I didn't think that I did. I think I was scared. I think I was just so burnt from having what I thought was a great marriage to that failing to then, you know, like five years later or whatever it was, getting married a second time for seven years to somebody who pretty much destroyed me. Um, I, and I didn't, I think a part of me didn't even know if I, even though I knew this was a wonderful man, I, a part of me was saying, am I good enough? Or is he going to do the same thing to me? Or I, there was just so many things in my head that wasn't about him. It was just me. Just like I said, I just, these walls kept going up. And when you doubted yourself. I did. I, so I didn't want to tell him I loved him. I was afraid. So I don't, I don't know that I didn't love him. I just couldn't tell him when he told me. I think I told him like a week later, but it was weird because once he, once he told me, it's all I thought about. And I I was trying to get it in my head. You know, what's, what's wrong with me? Why can't I tell him? You know, I mean, look at, look at how you feel. Look at how, you know, I would have done anything for him. Um, And I still would. And, you know, I just, I was just so wrapped up in, in what if, what if, what if. And I catch myself with that sometimes now, still doing that. Well, what if, what if? I get scared, you know? And um, and then I take a look at the whole picture and not that moment. And I realize that, knock it off, you know, get over this and you guys are going to work through this. We'll figure it out. Maybe not tonight. Might have to be tomorrow. <laughs> I might have to, you know, be patient which is hard for me because I want to talk about it now. I want to talk about it right now. And he wants to just give me space. And that's hard for me because then I feel rejection and I feel being pushed away. And um, But I know that we, not only do we have so much in common of bad things that have happened to us, we've got so much in common that are good things. Like, you know, I've never met anybody that wanted to go hiking with me and enjoyed nature and... Um, you know, I mean, he laughed at me because I saved a blue jay in the backyard a month ago, you know, but I know for a fact that he was laughing at me because I wanted to save it. And he's sitting there in the chair, but as soon as it took off across the yard, who went chasing after it? He did to catch it for me (laughs) so I could drop it off at the nature center. You know, I mean, so he cares too, because we're so much in sync like that. We have that same not only the same energy about us, but the same, um, just what we want out of life, um, how we feel about animals and people in general. And, um, I mean, he's, he's, we're, we're different in some ways because like, I want to talk and drag things out and 
he's when he gets angry about something or somebody, he's like, I'm just I'm gonna go to their house and I'm just gonna kick their ass and I'm gonna, you know, and I'm just like, honey, no, we're, that's not gonna be a good idea. We're not gonna do that. It's not a good Take idea. A no, you know, and then he calms down. I mean, he just he wants to just, and then but then he then the Hulk comes, you know, calms down and the he doesn't. Hulk. He's not the Hulk anymore. <laughs> Um, but not me. I'm not like that. I don't start out, you know, I start out more emotional and then I want to stay emotional until it's resolved <laughs> and I need to resolve it before I can move on. And so, yeah, that works <laughs> all the time. Right? <laughs> but, but I mean, but there's, but there's so many things that we have in common and that we both believe in. And our morals and values that I, I've never met someone that I can share that with. So for me, those little things that we still need to work out, and we are little by little, are worth taking the time to work out. Let you in on a little secret. We're going on 24 years, and that fear, that never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting to hear what you guys have shared so far, because there's biological differences in our brains. And so the female brain is designed to look for problems and like anticipate because if we don't, we could be in trouble. And we, we're like that so we can look at a baby who doesn't speak and figure out what's going on. We could look at the environment and say, is it safe? Before we're in it and we're in trouble, right? And then the other thing we do that's really interesting is that we're designed to bond with someone, even if that person's abusive. And that part is really difficult when that's used against us. And then you don't trust yourself, right? And so, you know, one of the things that we always say is we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship. And we always attract someone who can help us do that if you know how to do it. And most people don't know how to do it. And you fumble through it because you don't know. You don't really know. And your stuff bumps into each other. And the male brain is like... We're designed to compartmentalize, <laughs> right? To be laser focused on a problem, attack it and fix it. Past, and get, get the past back, doesn't exist. Right. And get back to homeostasis, mm -hmm. right? Don't rock the boat. Things are good. There's no problem. Awesome, right? And then if there's a problem, it's like, oh, I got to fix it get back to homeostasis. And so we can compartmentalize things and look at things as like, there's a problem over here, but that's fine. I don't have to take care of it right now. I'll go over here, you know, and it's that separation that makes it very difficult to be able to identify that there is something happening that needs to be changed. And it's actually in our wiring like that. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think when you're with someone and you know, your ages are so significant. You cannot do that when you're in your 30s or 40s. You have to be really in your, like, this stage of life in your 50s before you even can figure out that there's a middle space. And what's happening, and you guys are describing it perfectly, like how you move through life together with your projects, your brains are becoming very similar brains. Instead of being over here and over here, you're finding somewhere in the middle because of our mirror neurons. And you'll continue to, it's kind of what we call the, the forging or the 
purification part of a relationship where you have to get all the stuff out that is in between in order to really merge. And that part of you that has that bond that it's too painful to walk away. So we'll do the more painful thing and stay and work through it, so to speak. But the payoff is tremendous. And you guys are really new at this as a couple. I mean, not in life, but as a couple, which is keep working at it. It's fabulous. How did you know she was your person? Um, well, that one was, uh, like I said, I take time and I, believe it or not, Cindy doesn't realize it sometimes because I say, you oh, I analyze stuff too much. And, uh, I do too, but in a different, you know, I don't do it in five minutes. <laughs> 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 Takes me an evening. But uh, I was, I just knew because she, I guess when you understand that how hard it is to breathe when somebody's not with you and, you know, I could start feeling her sadness and her happiness and um the bond was just getting stronger and stronger and it was more it was emotional it was loving it was a friend um everything was there all the components to make a marriage and i was scared to death i mean i you know, I, I was married for 24 years you know, and I was like, oh, boy, because I was like, you know, at the first when that one started, not the same kind of feelings, but there were feelings that made you get married. But as because you're older, like you said, my brain looked at it in a different way. Um, and Cindy is very, she's very comforting and mothering, but not smothering. And she knows she can be strong. She's a very strong woman, very independent which I liked. And the greatest thing about, like, she loves to go antiquing. And I'm like, oh, I can't let that go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I can go into an antique store and I'll be like, you can't, look at this. And she's like, oh, I love it. It's like you, you know her brain. And it started seeing all that. And I said, this is, of course, we're in our 50s and no one wants to be alone. And I wasn't going to let that look back one day and wonder who Cindy was married to because um, I knew it had to be me. And it was scary because I still didn't think she was going to say yes, you know. But, so tell us that story. Well, that, I mean, <laughs> well, it was at reps again. <laughs> and I had... Uh, Which, by the way, has great burgers. <laughs> I, I just, okay. <laughs> and it was during... COVID and we were outside eating restaurants just they just opened again for the first time it was like their first week open and we it's outside and I said to Cindy let's go to reps and have um, dinner and I was like I drew so many things I wanted to do so many different ways of doing it but I felt that is where my recovery began and I met the woman of my dreams why not finish it there the story you know, and, and that was like, because I was like, I'm creative. I'm like, I can do this and do that. But you know what? It's, we've been through all that in life. You've been through all that drama and everything like that. This is reality now. You just want to get life started and let this woman know that I want to marry you. And I, we were talking 
And I said, I made a couple comments to her. I said, are you still interested in me? <laughs> he kind of did. He said... Check yes or no. Well, he, it was kind of like he wanted to make sure I was going to say yes before oh, yeah. he actually proposed. Because I did say I love you once and she never said it to me. So I was like, boy, that this would be very devastating. I mean, we had talked about possibly getting married one day. But yes, before he actually proposed, he did like three times. He yeah. said, so... Do you, do you still want to be with me? I mean, are, well, like for the long are, term, are, I would yeah, say. Are we like still? That. I was just kind and of, then, it was like a I'm job thinking, interview. I'm thinking, what? You know, I was kind of like, what the Here's the offer. With you? Yeah, it was. And then, of course, you know. There's, Am I still employed? Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's the only, it's all women outside eating and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. Waitress is a woman. I, there wasn't anything like a man in the whole mall, and I was like, "This, you know, can't get better than this." I said, "So now, if she does say no, it's gonna look really good for me." I said, <laughs> "I said either one thing could happen: everybody could be, oh, you poor guy, you know, or like sucker, you know." So I just, uh, yeah, after about the fifteenth question, I said, "Well, I think I'm, I think I'll be all right. Uh, maybe she won't say yes today." But uh, might take a week. Yeah, but so I, I did. I went over to her and I got on my knee and and I think Cindy, I could see in her face that she was like, oh, oh, what are you doing? You know, and then I was like, then I was starting to get a little worried because of that expression of like, oh boy, you know, and like she knew what was coming. And then I asked her to marry me, and it, there was no hesitation. She said yes immediately, and I, I was. Just standing there because I was not expecting that. He was relieved. <laughs> Did you have a ring anymore? Oh yeah, yeah. I pulled oh, the ring out. So and you already. I was ready. Very uncertain, but you went. Uh, you yeah. went all in. Yeah, I did oh, ex- again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I just uh, and it was it was great. She, and she smiled and the the conversation. She was like mm, with the faces and that. And after that, she was all giddy. So it was. Uh, I felt good. I well, he got that. me a really pretty ring. Yeah, <laughs> helps. <laughs> But that was that. That was a great moment, and like I said, it was. And it's not about how you do it; it's about why you want to do it, and that's what this one was all about. Were you shocked? Um, yes and no, because we had talked about it, you know, because we had gotten back together, and and we had talked about getting married and me moving back in and stuff like that. Um. And, uh, and then, you know, we, we had a a couple more struggles along the way and, um, and we worked through them and, and everything was fine. Um, I wasn't expecting it to happen like quickly and I never would have expected it at reps, but when it happened, it, to me, it all fell into place too, because, yeah, it's Rep's place. Why not? I mean, you know, heck, we probably would have gotten married there if we got off, but they were <laughs> closed for COVID. I mean, but seriously, I mean, because Rep's place had, has a lot of meaning to us. You know, we used to go there every Thursday night, and then we'd meet up someplace else or something. And, um, you know, so that that it was very uh, sentimental to me and and romantic to me because it was at Rep's place. So, yeah. Again, this episode brought to you by Rep's Place in <laughs> yeah. Rolling Meadows, that Illinois. That has fantastic burgers. <laughs> You're getting plugged tonight. 
a free plug for yeah. Rep's place. There you go. Yes. If you yes. guys could give advice to your previous selves at whatever stage that you were really at a low point, what would you say? I would say whatever struggles that you went through, they may have been difficult, but everything happens for reasons and, and everything, everything in my life, every struggle that I've ever had, I've always come out ahead. I've always felt like God's always had my back. And for me, I think that faith has always kept me going. And I would say just keep moving forward. And every time, you know, you get knocked down, get up, brush yourself up off and keep on going. Because there's always, there's always going to be that light at the end of the tunnel. And I finally found that light with Tony and... Um, like I said, at, you know, at our age, we, you know, I know that I finally found my person. I know that it's not going to be perfect. I know we both bring in a lot of stuff and baggage, but I also know that we're both older. We're more and more mature. Um, we've both been through stuff that we know that what doesn't work and what does work. And, um, and this one's going to make it and it's going to be worth it. And that's, that's what I would tell my old self. Uh, I would tell myself if I could see myself. Yeah. I would just, I actually wouldn't change a thing because this is how it was meant to be. And this is what I had to do to get. And I was always taught that in life that you got to work hard and never give up. And my grandfather used to tell me that. And he said, you got to be like a cockroach and just keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they used to call me, the cockroach. And I would tell myself if I could go back just to keep keep going and don't listen to what your grandfather said. And I did. And would it be great to go, yeah, meet Cindy when I was 20 years old or 22 years old? Yeah, absolutely. But would it be, were we ready for each other? You know, and I think you have to go through what we went through to know, to figure out what we really wanted in life. And I don't, yeah, it was a struggle and it's rough and it's hard, but that's all in the past. And we've got today and hopefully tomorrow. And I'm sharing it with a wonderful person and uh, the woman I've always wanted to share it with. So I get the end hopefully the experience you know with the best instead of starting out with the best because it's not how it works you got to build that championship team and i think we have it that's awesome so last question what is it that your partner does that you know they love you i think for me it's i mean there's a lot of little things you know special things that he does but what he really does that I know he loves me is when I'm at my lowest and I'm not feeling good about something, anything, and then I bring it into our relationship, 
and then it kind of makes things fizzle with us. He, he always comes through. It may not start out good. We might have to fumble a little bit, but he always comes through in the end. He always follows through. He always, he might be angry as hell because I <laughs> started something the night before, but that next morning, that next day, he always comes through for me, no matter what. It's the cockroach. It is. Got to wait till night when all the lights are off. <laughs> But that that's it. That's how I that's how I know. It's not the little buying this or that that to me isn't doesn't mean Jack. It's that coming through, knowing that no matter what, I could probably, you know, be so mad at myself for something I said or did. Or be mad at him, or just be mad at the world, or be upset, or hurt, or anxious, or emotional, because that's what 50-year-old women do. <laughs> but no matter what it is, and it's not right away sometimes, but he always, in the end, always comes through and picks up those pieces and fixes it. Always. That's how I know. Uh, there's a million things I could say about Cindy. I mean, I've never had somebody that's so caring and taking care of me. And I know she loves me because even when those occur, I still get breakfast and lunch in, in the next day. So she'll always send me off with a breakfast sandwich to work and a wonderful lunch. But the greatest thing I always, and I still love about Cindy is, um, and I save every one of them and have every one of them, she gets, leaves me a note every day in my lunchbox and that note does so much for me and it shows me how much she loves me and it sometimes they're short and I can tell she's had a little rough day or something like that and you know it'll be Have like a great day yeah, <laughs> wonderful day love wifey you know and it's on a little post-it you know and I'm like someone out my corner I'm like damn and I'm like whoo gotta work hard tonight you know so gotta when the lights go off gotta regenerate but um, and then, you, you know, I, okay, it's going to be all right. Uh, I'll, we can fix this and we do. And then, you know, two days later, the card's this big like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Cindy will say, and thanks for sticking there with me or something like that, or, or pulling through or, you know, and say, honey, you always find a way, you know, and it's, and that's the thing I love so much about Cindy that she sees. I do try my hardest all the time. And so does Cindy. And, but those notes are, yeah. If I open the cooler one day and there's not a note, yeah, that's... <laughs> and you know there's a problem. There's a real big problem, so I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> there's, there's always a note, and there's always the lunches made the night before, and the breakfast stuff I leave sitting out, and then I'll get up and I'll make it. Yeah. But if I'm really mad, I won't get up. No. He'll have to put the bagel in the toaster. But it's there waiting for But me. it is there waiting <laughs> right. for so I know it's not it's that bad. It's always there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tony and Cindy, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you. Thank it was you. Fun. It was fun. You know, people have been sharing stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, 
it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brought us closer tonight. Yep. We want to wholeheartedly thank you, all of you out there, listeners in Couple Synergy Land. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, our online membership called Connections, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.